Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of Faces of TBI and your host. Today, we're going to be chatting with Ryan Boyle, a U.S. Paralympian silver medalist. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. For those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I very recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast series at facesoftbi.com, and be sure to check out the Brain Health Academy that I have co-created with Sue Wilson of CTE Hope while you're there. Today, my guest is Ryan Boyle, and in 2003, Ryan was hit and dragged by a truck, causing him immediately to go into a coma. After emergency brain surgery where they removed a portion of his brain, it seemed like all hope was gone. Proof that miracles do happen, not only did he wake from the coma, but soon started a rigorous battle to learn how to stand, walk, eat, and everything else all over again. Through patience, hard work, and a lot of love and support, not only did Ryan defeat the odds, but he thrived through the recovery process and paved his way to become the youngest member of the U.S. Paralympic road cycling team, winning a silver medal in the Rio 2016 Games. Now in between his Paralympic training schedule and going to school and finishing his second book, sharing his story and offering advice to those experiencing hardships. So welcome to the podcast Ryan, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you today. <laughs> it's great to be here. That was a phenomenal introduction. I don't have much left to say. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, I I think you have a fabulous story, and I'm super excited to chat with you today. Um, tell, tell us, tell, tell our listeners here, um, walk us through what happened. So you were out riding a bike. I believe you were a freshman in high school. Is that correct? Uh, I was in my, um, actually fourth grade year. I was just beginning fourth grade. I was nine years old at the time. You were really young when this happened. Um, I was. So you were riding your bicycle and you were hit by a truck. Yeah. And do you remember any of that at all? Or is that kind of wiped from your memory? I, no. 
when I came out of my coma, my parents told me what happened. Um, but actually, it didn't happen as simply as that because I couldn't speak for a number of weeks after I awakened. So I had no idea what was going on. And I concluded that I was in some sort of sick, twisted dream. But (laughs) when I was able to mouth out the words, what happened to me, they told me. And my reaction was actually quite funny because I started started laughing hysterically because I'm like, no one survives that. Yeah. But um, sure enough, it was real. So you went on to finish school, correct? How long were you out of school after the accident? Well, actually, there was an integrated public school system within my rehab hospital. So when I wasn't in therapies, I was in school. So I really never missed a beat. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love when I hear stories like that of how it's integrated right in with their rehab. Um, Not everyone has that. So that's so awesome that that was an opportunity for you. Um, So how long was it until you went back to your actual school or did you ever go back? I did go back. Um, It was probably a year and a half after the accident. And uh, it was it was an interesting experience, to say the least. No, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like, a lot of my friends from before didn't know how to act around me and stuff, so I made a lot of new friends. <laughs> yeah. Were you integrated back into your regular classroom? I was, yeah. yeah. But... It was strange going through all the physical therapy and stuff during school. For instance, you know, I was learning to walk again. So I was strapped into a walker with wheels on all four corners. Mm -hmm. And I would be strapped into that and walk the halls class to class for about a year and then I would graduate to uh, forearm crutches and then I would use a single cane but my my pattern of evolution was not quick and yeah. it was it was weird <laughs> Well, and you know, I mean, this was 15 years ago. I mean, we really barely knew anything about traumatic brain injury back then. And, you know, nowadays, I would think that um, someone from rehab probably would go into the school and prepare the class for what you'll be like when you return. And back then, I'm sure that didn't exist at all. So those kids, you know, really had no idea um, and I'm sure, did you maybe even talk a little funny? Um, did you have trouble with words and that kind of stuff too? And they probably were 
just no idea how to interact with you. And, um, you know, that, that's so unfortunate that it wasn't addressed back then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, um, fortunately through my accident, my cognitive ability was not affected. Mm -hmm. So it was merely physical. Exactly. And, you know, that's one thing I think we strive to really communicate to people is that while a brain injury might affect our speech, like we might have slurred speech or we might not be able to come up with the words, we might not be able to walk or or have our balance, but our cognition is not impaired. And, you know, for some people, they might not remember how to do math, for instance, but it doesn't mean that they're not. You know that they they're no longer smart or able to do other things. Um, it's just it's really fascinating how different parts of the brain, the injury and different parts of the brain affect how we we all we all have such different reactions to our brain injuries. Um, and I'm I'm so glad to hear that you were able to go back to school and you reintegrate it. And you you graduated, and how how did it come to be that you got involved with the Paralympics? Well, um, ever since I was growing up, I loved to ride my bike, specifically my mountain bike. I mean, I was a runner. I loved to be active. Um, so when my accident happened. I really didn't know what to do athletically, but throughout the years, I would swim for rehab, and that introduced me to Paralympic sport, and through that, I found out about paracycling, and I was first introduced to the hand cycle. So that was the only type of adaptive cycle that I knew. So I trained and did a race on that. And at that race, there was a spectator who happened to be a paracycling coach. And he saw me get up and walk away after the race. And... uh, that threw up a lot of red flags and all because, you know, hand cyclists are typically meant for quadriplegics and others with limited use of their legs. So he introduced me to the tricycle, which is a regular road bike, but it has two rear wheels instead of one to aid with my stability. And once I saw that, I immediately knew that I needed to be a world champion. And that was seven years ago. So now I'm uh, just living the dream, doing what I was born to do. (laughs) That is so awesome. And so you competed in the 2016 games. I did. Um, and were you, are you planning to do any future Olympics? I am planning to go to Tokyo in 2020. 
awesome. That is so awesome. Um, And do you live in Olympic City? That's what I feel like I read. I do. Yeah. Yeah. In Colorado Springs. That's so cool. And so that's kind of your full-time thing is training. It is. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work. (laughs) So some days are harder than others, but it gets me going. (laughs) Yeah. So what's your typical day like when you're training? Um, so I, I'm a fairly early riser, so, um, I like to get my ride out of the way in the morning and then, um, I'll go to the gym in the afternoon, things like that. Um, and then I put in anywhere from three to seven hours of training a day. So it's a lot of hard work and it's definitely a full-time job. Yeah, that's phenomenal though. And so, you know, tell us about your team. How, you know, um, what's your team, what are your teammates like? And, you know, you guys, what do you do for fun? Yeah, well, um, we're all different ages, so we're scattered throughout the country. Um, a number of them are older and have families or whatnot, so only a few of us live at the Olympic Training Center here um, because it's much like a college campus. It's uh, very small like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like I just got back from Belgium. We did a race there. That was our first World Cup of the season. So um, for the races, that's really the only time all of the teammates get together because otherwise we're just busy with our own lives things Mm -hmm. like that but um it's a lot of fun being all together at the races because uh we can cheer for each other um you know we're our own support groups we jump around. Yeah, so it's a really nice way to decompress after training day in and day out for so long. So, Ryan, you have a book out called When the Lights Go Out, A Boy Given a Second Chance. Um, Tell us about this book and how it came to be. So, um, throughout the years of my recovery, a lot of people heard about my story and thought how unique and inspiring it is. And they just knew that not many people survived that. And 
are doing as well as you are. So you should write it down or something like that. So as they say, there are power in numbers. So that's ultimately what I did. And I I really love the fact that that's what I did at such a young age because uh, I love just reaching out to people, inspiring, spreading hope, anything like that. Yeah, because your book came out when you were in high school, correct? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's so amazing. And so, I mean, do you have plans to write another book? I mean, you have so much more experience that you've gained since that book, you know, with the Paralympics and everything, you know, do you have plans to do a second book? Yeah, I definitely do. And uh, actually, I finished writing about a month ago. So I'm going back and proofing it now before I send it to an editor and uh, try to find a publisher and all that. But it starts when I found out about cycling, and then it tells of my experiences through school and training full-time, and then moving out here and racing, so a bunch of things like that. And I'm particularly excited about this one because I was conscious for the whole thing. (laughs) Whereas with my other, my dad had to write the two chapters while I was in a coma. Yeah. Oh, so cool, though. And so when you joined the Olympic team, you were one of the youngest members of the team, correct? How old were you? I was roughly 19, and And I'm 24 now, and as of now, I'm still the youngest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go you. That's so cool. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So you're doing a lot of speaking. Um, I see in my notes here that um, you've spoken at Clemson University and Safe America, where you went for your driving classes. So does that mean you have your driver's license? (laughs) Yeah, it does. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I really like driving. In fact, cars are my passion as well as cycling. That's super cool. Congratulations. Um, I know a lot of people strive for a driver's license and aren't able to get it. How old were you? Were you 16 or were you older when you finally got your license? I was older. I was 18. Oh, so not too much older. That's really cool. No. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you you a lot of independence, right? (laughs) Exactly. And, um, my car doubles as a portable garage for my bike. <laughs> That's cool. Because uh, <laughs> with, with the converter on the back, 
So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the size of a small car. <laughs> yeah. So is it a recumbent it bike? No, it's not. It's a nah. full upright bike. Okay. Yeah. One wheel in the front and two in the back. You know, um, I have several brain injury friends who are, are maybe recumbent bikes um, because the recumbent bikes are more like you're sitting, you know, and your feet are out in front of you opposed to your bike upright like a normal bike. Um, and apparently it's a lot easier for people with dysautonomic problems to ride a recumbent. So I, I think anybody uh, can get out and get dealt, yeah. that's why you are doing so awesome is because you're very physically active. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I was at a cycling camp a little while ago in California, and one of the guys out there used to race recumbent, like that's yeah. all he rode. But the Paralympics um, won't add a trike category for recumbent as there is not enough interest. So oh. he is riding a trike now. Well, that's, that. it's so cool that you are doing the Paralympics. I'm just, I'm so excited for you, Ryan. It's such a cool, cool story. Um, you know, many nine-year-olds probably would not have survived what you survived. And here you are totally thriving. Um just out of curiosity, were you wearing a helmet when you were nine years old? No, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, they, 2003, I was, um, they weren't as widely, um, they weren't quite as normalized as they are right now. Right. Yeah. And also, I was on a big wheel toy. So, oh. I mean, I don't know. You weren't on, yeah. like, an actual bike. Gotcha. No, yeah. Yeah, you you wouldn't be wearing a helmet on a big wheel. I miss big wheels. Those things were cool. Do they still even make those? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but I remember uh, my friend had, I think it was called a Huffy Green Machine. It had uh, <laughs> the two wheels in the front and one in the back. It was a lot of fun. You could really <laughs> whip that thing around. <laughs> but I got to admit, being in it brought back memories. I felt oh. very uneasy. <laughs> I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, Ryan, what advice do you give to anyone listening who, you know, they're struggling, they feel like they're never going to get better, you know, um, they might be six months or six years out from their injury. You know, what advice would you give someone who's kind of just feeling stuck? Um, I would definitely say just to think of something um no matter how lofty that goal might be and just work on it and never look back because anything is attainable i mean 
personally, if you told me I would be a athlete and all when I was nine or ten years old, I would have just laughed in your face because that was the farthest thing that I could think of at the time. I mean, all my focus was on was getting the quality of life back that I wanted. So I worked my tail off and, you know, it got me here. And Mm -hmm. I just accepted where life took me. And uh, life is a wild ride. You never know where it will take you. But um, I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is a wild ride. That's for sure. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being here. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for taking the time to just share your story. And I'm, I'm so excited about your second book coming out. Um, I'm, it's, it's a lot of work to write a book. People don't realize how much work it is. So congratulations to you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here and thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you really enjoyed hearing Ryan's inspirational story. And I do have the link um, to, to Amazon to see his book. Um, It is his original book is on Amazon. So I have the link in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And just a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com.